stop Googling and start listening for the love of wellness. With over 50 years in women's wellness, hosts Sam Leeson and Laurel Crossley, along with a weekly special guest, will explore gaps and issues within the women's wellness industry. If you're passionate about topics affecting women's health, such as sleep, grief, body image, and much more, then please stay tuned. How many of us can actually state emphatically that they are happy? How many of you know or understand a little bit or maybe a lot about happiness and the science behind happiness? Well, on today's episode, we're interviewing Brenda Jasmine, who talks to us about happiness, the research behind it, are men more happy than women or vice versa? We're going to talk about silencing the self. We're going to talk about our social mask. We're going to talk about all things to do with happiness. Today's episode is brought to you by babyready.info. Welcome, Brenda. It's wonderful to have you here and to join us today. You are a wonderful myriad of all kinds of things, including a speaker, a resilience trainer, a podcast host. It's Her podcast is She Flourishes, if you haven't already been listening before. You're a life coach. You speak to businesses. You do all of the things. That's just the titles. But welcome. Tell us what you do and how you approach the psychology of happiness. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you, Sam and Laurel, for having me on your show. I'm a big fan of your podcast, and um, it's a pleasure to be here today. So yeah, the work I do in the world really is about helping individuals to thrive, um, to flourish using tools from applied positive psychology. And uh, what I really love to do is to help people um, find their gifts and to be their authentic selves and to share, share their talents and gifts with the world so they can live the life they really want to be living. Oh, do I need you? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let, me, let me backtrack a bit. I remember attending one of your workshops. I think you called them workshops called Positivities. Yes. And that's where I was introduced to the world of positive psychology and really the psychology around happiness. And I thought, well, what are, what is she talking about? What do you mean? There's a psychology behind it? What, what, what? Now, you know, I do know a little bit about psychology, not a lot, but, you know, I didn't know that this branch of scientific research actually existed. So can you tell us a little bit about what is what does that mean <laughs> when you talk about the psychology of happiness yeah thanks for asking that and it's it's um it's not kind of strange to have not heard about it even if you studied psychology so i have a ba in psychology but it wasn't until and i'm going to show my age here so i graduated in 93 it was not until uh, the year 2000 that positive psychology actually became part of the field of psychology. So it wasn't actually part of my degree. And so I remember too, I always tell the story about how, you know, when I was studying psychology, I always had this pile of books next to my, uh, my nights on my nightstand that were more the self-help, 
uh, pop psych books, because that's what I really wanted to be studying. And instead, I was studying, you know, abnormal psychology and, and all the, you know, um, neuroscience and neuropsychology and all those things, which were fine. But I really wanted to know, like, how can people apply this to their lives? So the psychology of happiness didn't really become a big thing until it was about about 2000. And it was when Dr. Martin Seligman, who was the um, president of the American Psychological Association at the time, he said, you know, with psychology, we've really been focusing on what's wrong with people. But we haven't been focusing on what's right with people. And he said, it's kind of like a half-baked cake. Like, why are we just focusing on, you know, definitely people need help. There's mental illness and, and there's um, mental, there's disorders and things that people need help with. Um, but then we bring them to, they would say neutral, but how do we move them? And in, in positive psychology, we call it north of neutral. How do we help people, you know, get past, like flourish? And how do we help them to thrive? So that's really what, and so it's called the psychology of happiness or the psychology of flourishing. It's also called the psychology of well-being. So it's got a few different names. Does it encompass a variety of different modalities? Do you incorporate mindfulness or meditation or yoga or anything else in that? Is it more CBT? Like what, what kind of a, an approach and modalities do you put in under the banner of psychology of happiness? Yeah, Sam, it's actually all of the above. And that's what's really fascinating and, and um, why I never get tired of, of it because it does encompass all of those things. So um, things like mindfulness and meditation, they're part of, um, so one of the, so there's six pathways to flourishing. And so one of them is vitality and health. And so that would be things like the movement and the nourishment and getting enough sleep. But then the CBT, um, cognitive behavior, behavioral therapy, that comes in um, all the mindset work and which would be part of um, positive emotion, which is another um, pathway to flourishing where we upgrade our mindset. So it really encompasses um, so many different modalities and uh, which is, is one of the reasons why I really love it um, and why I feel like I, 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 I have so many workshops that I've delivered on this because there are just so many different parts of it. Um, and uh, But it really is something that I'm passionate about. And I know that um, what's really great about it is it's not just, it, it's really taking the theories. So um, what are the researchers studying? What are the academic theories? And then how can we apply it to our daily lives so that we can be happier, so we can have greater well-being? And, you know, I remember I was sitting in a workshop. I'm sure I've shared this before, Sam, on previous podcasts. There was a speaker at the front of the room and she asked us to go in deep. And she said, you know, I'd like to do some meditation and, you know, figure out where you are. And I remember raising my hand and answering because I like like to answer things. Um, And I said, I've realized I'm really happy. And from across the room, I saw a woman say something inappropriate. (laughs) My comment about feeling happy. And I went, I don't understand what is wrong with being happy. And I think there are people out there that think that if you're happy, there's really something wrong with you when you're trying to hide things. You're masking everything that's wrong. Do you find that, Brenda? (laughs) Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, well, I think um, I think it's interesting because people will say to me, like, 
oh, like you must be happy all the time. And, and I'm not. Um, and it's interesting. I think, yeah, sometimes people think, oh, there must be something wrong with you. You're right. <laughs> You're hiding things. But, you know, I think what it is, is that, you know, a lot of people, we have this negativity bias, right? Where it's, it is natural and normal to look for the negative. And so most people, that's our default setting, right? We we look for what's wrong. And, you know, when you're in this field of work and Laurel being a coach and, and you know, the type of work that you do in the world, you know, it takes work, right? Like you you work on what your thoughts are and you prioritize positivity in your life. And, and most people don't. And actually the research shows, I think it's like only 17% of the population is considered to be flourishing which is really low. And Martin Seligman has has um, put out this challenge for positive psychologists to um, make it that 50% of people are flourishing by 2050. So, or yeah, 51% of people flourishing by the year 2050. So I think part of it is, is that people maybe don't believe that it's possible to be happy um, and to be flourishing. And especially too, if they're not happy in their own lives. Um, that could be part of it. So, and part of it is maybe just being a little bit, you know, maybe that person was jealous because that's something that they couldn't access in that moment, which, which is unfortunately the majority of people and, and a lot of women too, um, you know, women experience depression at two times the rate of men. So a lot of women, um, do struggle with, with being with happiness and flourishing. But it also, what you're saying makes me think of the feeling that I think many people who identify as female and who have been living as female identifying individuals grow up conditioned in this world so that we're not supposed to be happy, that there's something wrong if we're happy, that we certainly shouldn't, as Laurel was experiencing, articulate being happy but we don't deserve it, so we shouldn't expect it or express it. How do you combat, quite frankly, years? Because you turn on the TV, you watch sitcoms, you listen to conversations, you sit beside somebody on the bus and you hear what they have to say, you watch YouTube videos, you watch any social media channel. It's, it's literally everywhere. It's bombarded at us everywhere subliminally and very, very microaggressively <laughs> that we don't deserve it. So how do we change that color of thinking that's truly fundamental to how our brains are wired? Mm, okay, that is a huge question. <laughs> there I had the answer. I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> I, would with that. <laughs> I would be a billionaire. Um, you know, so it's interesting, this whole thing with women um, and people that identify as women with happiness, because the researchers actually don't know why women um, have depression at two times the rate of men. Um, one of the theories is um, what you're talking about, Sam, it's like the, the social, how we're socialized, right? So women are socialized. Um, there's one theory, it's, it's called, um, I was just reading about it. It's, um, Sil the silencing the self theory, where as women, we are taught to, um, you know, do things for other people. So we stay quiet to keep the peace, 
Um, there's this misalignment with women where the what we show the world, our, our social mask, and how we really feel are, are two really different things. Um, one of the number one things they find is that women compare themselves a lot to others. And so, yeah, social media, all these things, right? We're, we're comparing ourselves. And then when we do that, um, we come up as less than. Um, another thing women do is that they ruminate um, more than men. So where we, you know, we start um, thinking about all the things that can go wrong, right? We think of one wrong thing. And then like, you know, remember that game we used to play association, like say a word and then another word comes up. Well, it's like our thoughts do that. So we have one thought and then another thought and another thought. So, oh, my child is late. They're, they're not home. Um, where are they? Oh, maybe something happened. Maybe something's wrong. And then you, you spiral down until, you know, they're in a ditch somewhere or they're missing or right. So, um, this is what we do is we ruminate on things and we don't let them go. So that's another, um, another thing that can come into play. So there's lots of theories um, as to why women um, do have trouble with this, and um, but no definitive answer. And and you know, like most things, it's probably a combination of a number of things that that cause this. Which is why, and the good news, and it sounds like it's all doom and gloom, but the good news is is that there's things we can do actually to increase our happiness and to increase our our set point of happiness. Well, then tell us something that we can do right now. <laughs> so our sisters listening can go, all right, I'm going. Brenda said, I'm doing this. I'm doing it. Yeah, thank you for asking. Well, you know, there's there's so many different things. There's hundreds and hundreds of things. So if you're interested in studying positive psychology, there's so many different things. Um, one of the easiest things you can do, and it sounds so simple, um, but it really is like one of the number one things you can do for your happiness. And that is to um, practice gratitude. And it can be as simple as thinking in the last 24 hours, what are three good things that happened to you? So just in the last 24 hours, three good things that happened to you and why you think they happened. And so the first thing, what that does is it gets you to focus on not just the negative in your life, but to, it gets you to focus on the good things, right? So there's always going to be bad things going on for all of us, whether you, you know, you're self-proclaimed happy or not, right? Laurel, Laurel, <laughs> you know, if you're happy, it doesn't mean bad things aren't happening or, or difficult or challenging things aren't happening. So when we focus on the three good things, it gets us to look for the good. And then when we focus on why they happened, it makes us realize that we actually have some control over some of the things that happened in our lives. So I don't know if either of you want to share something good that happened to you in the last 24 hours. Yes, recording the podcast. Mm -hmm. why did it happen why did it happen sam why did it happen because we made it a priority because it was important to us and so we made it a priority yeah so you had control over making it a priority so in the future you can say hey I can, I can help, you know, and sometimes good things happen just out of the blue, but we mm -hmm. actually can look at and say, oh, how do I create even more good things to happen in my life? Like I did these things and part of it was my actions that, that played a role. So you prioritized um, the podcast. So you made that good thing happen in your life. And then another really big thing, um, one of the number one things that they're saying in, in positive psychology that is so important. And I love this by um, Dr. Christopher Peterson. He was um, uh, one of the founding uh, fathers of positive psychology from the University of Michigan. And he said in his, a famous lecture he gave, he said, um, 
you know, I can talk to you about positive psychology for the next hour, or you can listen to me for the next five seconds. And I'll tell you in three words what it's all about. And he said, other people matter. Hmm. And what they're finding is that it's relationships. It's the relationships in our lives. And there was that study, you've probably heard of it, that big Harvard study, like for 75 years, they've been studying these these men, because of course, you know, now they're starting to study their wives and their granddaughters and (laughs) other people. But in the 75 years, when they say, what's the number one factor that creates um, health and happiness in our lives? And what they have found is that it's relationships. More than, and it affects your longevity and your happiness and your health, even when they compare it to like their cholesterol levels when they're 50 versus their relationships, they can look back and they can say it was the quality. And it doesn't mean you have lots and lots of relationships, but the quality of your relationships um, have just, it was the number one predictor of, of happiness and health in life. Because as I was reflecting on the grateful piece, it was, it was that I got to connect with Sam. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about the podcast. It was like, mm-hmm. I haven't talked to her in a long time. Mm-hmm. We are BFFs, you know, like yeah. we talk about everything in like 12 seconds and we're all caught up and then we won't see each other for, you know, a little bit. And then we get back together again. And it's our relationship. That's what it's this really brings true. me joy. Mm-hmm. Hanging out with Sam. And yeah. of course, all the guests as well. But, right. you know. But we have built a relationship over the last couple of years doing this and as we prepared to do this. And we've been aware of everything going on in one another's lives for that length of time, too. So you feel very connected and and you need to know how that other person is doing and coping and good, bad and otherwise. Um, yeah, no, I, I fully agree with you there, Laurel. I was, I, you know, the podcast was great and this was a catalyst. I mean, for us to connect, right? The, knowing that we've prioritized making sure we make the time for the, for the podcast was the catalyst for making sure that we also had a chance to log on 15 minutes early. So we had a chance to ca- talk and catch up before we welcomed our first guest, right? And because we haven't made a million dollars doing this yet no you know and and if at the end of the day you know there are a lot of people that say well i'm not making any money at this like my priority is money but you know i think we're a testimonial to exactly what you're talking about Brenda. <laughs> we're, mm-hmm. we're your case study for, yes. positive, for for the psychology of happiness yes absolutely and and i love you said another thing there you said i haven't made a million dollars yet and I just want to point out too, that's another big positive psychology thing is a growth mindset and the power of yet. Um, and so believing that, you know, I haven't done this thing yet. So um, just because you can't do something right now doesn't mean you can't um, eventually do it, right? So so you just see you're living, you're living it <laughs> right now without even knowing it, Laurel. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You are the positivity. <laughs> Well, sometimes. <laughs> a lot more times than you give yourself credit for. Yes, that is absolutely true. And can I just say one more thing about that? And that is there is something called toxic positivity. And so just to be clear, that's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about being happy all the time. And that we do, it is natural and normal and human to experience the full range of human emotion. So we are meant to experience joy, awe, wonder, peace, calm, 
happiness. And we're also meant to experience sadness and anger and overwhelm and, and all and boredom and other emotions as well. So it's about, um, you know, experiencing the full range of human emotion, but we want to try and amp up our positive emotions mm-hmm. and work with our negative emotions when they come up. Do you think that, you know, and I keep coming back to social media, social media is a huge part of my world and, and my connection through baby ready and things like that. But do you think that it is harder and harder? And I think about new parents and when they look on social media, all they see is people posting images of their happy babies and their positive parenting experiences. And we see the people who present as women who are fully made up and they're going and getting them and they're, they're accomplishing. Does that, how does that affect our own ability when we're constantly seeing these images of everybody else being happy? When we feel those negative feelings, how do we bring ourselves back up out of it? You know, I'm not that happy parent all the time. It isn't as easy for me. I'm not that successful person business-wise. I, you know, I don't smile and go out and party with my friends like that. So how do I find that opportunity to bring myself up out of what feels like me not being able to compete, even if the competition's really truly in my own head? Yeah, that's so, I I really feel for moms now that it's all on social media. Like I've said, I said this before, um, I had a young mom on the podcast and um, was saying, you know, I used to like be in the grocery store and look at the moms that looked like they had it all together. And in my, it was bad enough, just what was, I was imagining her perfectly clean house, (laughs) her perfect children. And, um, but now you with, being uh, um, now with social media, you're actually seeing the highlight reel, you're seeing Mm -hmm. all these pictures, right? So I really, I I really feel for those moms. Um, I think it's very difficult. I think one of the things is actually to limit your exposure. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is to realize it's not real, that people are putting their best foot forward. They're you know, how many pictures did they have to take of their kid and and how many outfit changes and whatever before they got the perfect one. So, so remembering that, um, that that's not real and connecting with people in real life. I think it goes back to relationships, go over to your girlfriend's house and you'll see her, her kitchen isn't perfect and her kids aren't in their little matching outfits and, you know, keep it real, like live in the real world, like look at social media, but take it all in with a grain of salt. But I, I know I need to limit my exposure. Um, and, and think about to your intention when you go on social media, you know, what's my intention to look at it? And am I feeling a little bit low? Is it because if I am feeling a little low, that's probably not the time to go on social media because um, seeing those images is going to, you know, not necessarily cheer me up. Um, yeah. And just, I think just taking it, you know, and focusing on what's, what you can control and what's good in your own life. And again, focus on the good, right? What's good in your life and what's making you happy right now. And what are you proud of? And so thinking of your own life, as opposed to the lens, always being focused on what other people are doing. Um, Because what do they they call it? Compare and despair, right? Mm -hmm. So we want to try and avoid that as much as we can. But it's tough in this, in the social media world, for sure. Mm -hmm. And there are some role models out there that are portraying the real stuff. Mm -hmm. 
you know, yeah. which is good. Like it's starting to happen. Um, Brenda, our time is up. Yeah. Do you believe that? It goes, well, time flies when you're having fun. Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> How can everyone find you, connect with you on social, find your website, all of the things? So my website is brendajasmine.com and Jasmine has no E on the end. And uh, on Instagram, I'm underscore Brenda Jasmine. So those are two good ways to find me. Excellent. Thank you so very much for joining us today, for being one of the first guests of the third season of the Boobs, Bods and Brains podcast. And we wish you all of the best going forward. Thank you. Thank you. And congratulations on your third season. That's so exciting. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Boobs, Bods and Brains podcast. If you would like to learn more about us or our past episodes, then check us out on Instagram. Click the link in our bio to visit our website to learn more about sponsorship opportunities. We are always excited to have you offer different show topic ideas. If you have a suggestion, reach out via Instagram or our website. And as always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Boobs, Bods, and Brains podcast and invite all of the women you know.